Good morning. Welcome to Car Thoughts with David, with your host, David Calvert. Thanks for taking time out of your day to hear David's thoughts. All right, guys. Welcome to Car Thoughts with David. I am your host, as always, David Calvert, and I am joined today by Junaid Abed. And today we are going to be talking about uh, hobbies and, um, you know, comics and Marvel movies and DC movies. Because his show, his podcast is called Hacks and Hobbies, where he talks to people about their hobbies. So we are going to talk about really good science fiction-y type stuff and have a good time doing it. So, Nate, if you'd just like to uh, introduce yourself right quick, and we'll get started, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on your podcast, man. I've heard great things about it. I've listened to some of your episodes and really, really awesome stuff on on the podcast. Uh, my name is Junaid, and I am a UX designer, a author, filmmaker, beekeeper, and a podcast host for Hacks and Hobbies. I'm also looking into creating, starting a couple more podcasts, um, which I'm still figuring out what they're going to be about. Uh, but it's it's definitely on the humor side because we love we love to laugh. We like to laugh a lot, and. Uh, um, that's that's what that's what I'm um, about, man. I've never introduced myself before. It's it's, it's uh, <laughs> kind of kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. The first time I was on a uh, a podcast where I was being interviewed, I was like, "This is mm-hmm. different." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm always interviewing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So right before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about the upcoming, probably the most um, upcoming movie, Captain Marvel. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we were talking about uh, our thoughts on that. What do you think, or how do you think all this is going to tie in for uh, for the upcoming Marvel Universe? So what's, what's really intriguing is, first of all, I think Sony's still involved with, with uh, Spider-Man, and they just couldn't wait to introduce that, hey, Spider-Man is back. I mean, Avengers Endgame hasn't even dropped, and um, Marvel has been super quiet about what's going to happen after Avengers, like what the what's going to happen after the Endgame. And in that light, um, what's happening in Captain Marvel is in the past. It's all said in the past. We see both eyes of Cap of uh, Agent Fury, so it's definitely from the past where. It's the origin story of Captain Marvel, and I'm guessing that towards the end of the movie for Captain Marvel, they're going to have a, well, basically a flashback where she gets a text message from Captain Marvel, or Captain Marvel gets a text message from Agent Fury, which happened at the end of Infinity War. So those are my thoughts. Um, I know Captain Marvel is a pretty awesome character. Um, there's many different versions of Captain Marvel, and this one is, of course, um, uh, a lady playing the role. Although the other Captain Marvel that is in the comics, I think he is a Kree, or he's a he's like an alien, not human. Yeah, I mean, and, and that is uh, 
Yeah, they're, and I think the same is true, like, even with, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot of the characters are actually different, so I think they just picked this particular version of Captain Marvel, which I think is a good mm-hmm. fit for the story um, that they're trying to convey, and actually, if I'm not mistaken from what I've heard about mm-hmm. it... Um, uh, she's actually going to be running with Ronan the Accuser. Or, well, actually, he won't be the Accuser at that point. Uh, he'll just mm-hmm. be regular Ronan on his team. And um, then she ends up somehow back on Earth and runs into Nick Fury. So from what I read, mm-hmm. it's actually supposed to be not only a Captain Marvel origin story, mm-hmm. but also a Nick mm-hmm. Fury origin story, which I think uh, is kind of cool. I think that would be pretty cool, having a Nick Fury origin story, because they are thinking of, doing a spin-off for Black Widow. I think a Black Widow movie is probably in the works somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they really, you know, with everything they've got going on, they've got so many different interesting characters that they haven't really explored yet, like Black Widow and and uh, Hawkeye and all these guys that just don't really have that much screen time that people are curious about. So I yeah, definitely absolutely. could see that that would be a good, a good thing to do. Kind of... If any of the characters want to have, like, a farewell, you know, because I don't know, like, we were also talking about the DC movies where uh, recent characters are dropping off to uh, be recast, you know, if any of the Marvel characters are wanting to do that, you know, they could get their own origin story and then hang up their hat, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It'll be be definitely interesting to see what happens with the DC universe and... um, you know, what direction they're heading into because they've somehow picked a a dark route and I think they tried to mimic uh, something that Christopher Nolan left with the, the Dark Knight series. And a lot of people say, you know, that that was one of the best Batman movies and story-wise, yes, it was a really good story. You know, it, it touches all the main points from the comics, or maybe not so much. I don't know. I can't really pinpoint because I don't know that much history on Batman. Just the only story that I know is from the movies. And I was a big fan of Batman when I first moved to the States uh, with the Michael Keaton Batman, the George Clooney Batman, and um, then we had... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Mr. Freeze, and we had um, Jim Carrey playing the Riddler. I mean, those are some some uh, golden times for Batman movies. But then Christopher Nolan came out and and built this new new trilogy that didn't connect any of those things together. Um, I'm not sure how much backing they had from DC, but they basically did. He basically did his own thing. And with the new um, Superman movies and Batman, they went super dark. And I like the cinematography of it. The stories could have worked. They Like, they could have done some better, better storytelling um, of the origin stories or, I don't know, taking a different route about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in the most recent, you know, um, the uh, Justice League and uh, in Aquaman, they tried to bring a little bit more of the humor in, almost like they're trying to copy Marvel a little bit Mm -hmm. to kind of 
lighten things up to the point where it's like, okay, well, there's still some jokes. There's still some stuff. It's not so dark. Um, But I really think where DC fails the most, um, and actually one of their best movies was, in my opinion, was Man of Steel, just simply because it was a compelling and complex villain. Whereas Mm -hmm. the other movies, it was all just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, this person is not important, so we're just going to, you know, they're not really a known character, so we'll just run them off. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't that, like, real way for you as the viewer to really get behind the hero and actually care Mm -hmm. about what they were doing because it was just like, meh, uh, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think that's an important part. You know, the hero, the villain has to be just as compelling as the hero to really make you believe in the cause that they're trying to, uh, to, uh, you know, take off. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's totally true. And the other thing that I, that, that I, whenever I, anytime I go and see Justice League, um, it's got some really good action sequences and the camaraderie that builds up between the superheroes as they're going through their action scenes and, fighting the bad guys or whatever. Um, the one thing that I that I noticed the a lot, the one thing that I learned a lot or noticed a lot was that, you know, there was a lot less public involved. Like, it's only the superheroes. There's barely, like, there's some police in the beginning when Superman comes to life. And then there's yeah. just one family they found in that um, city. Yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, really interesting. And in the Marvel movies, there's public everywhere. Like, people can see what's happening and um, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, DC actually did that, uh, from what I understand, because um, in... In Man of Steel, um, because of all the buildings that got destroyed and, and that whole fight with Zod at the at the end, um, yeah. th- they took so much heat from people. Like, I can't believe you, you know, they were fighting and Superman um, and him were fighting and, and millions of people got killed and all this. So there was this huge actual outcry from the public to uh, basic, basically they wanted – the whole movie series to be stopped. They're like, we can't believe you did this. This is heartless. This is not the Superman we want. And so mm. Warner Brothers was like, oh shoot. So that's why, like, even in um, in uh, what you call it, uh, uh, Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. she turned all the the people on the island into these faceless like blob zombie type things. Um, yeah. that was one of their attempts to make it like, well, they're not really killing humans, even though she kind of sucked their soul out of them <laughs> and they're just dead. But that was one of their ways to try and make it seem like they weren't injuring people or killing people, um, because mm. of the backlash they took because of, um, because of Superman, uh, uh, Dawn of Justice. That's interesting. I'll have to go back and see that movie because, um, yes, there was a lot of, a lot of damage happening. But um, yeah, yeah, there was actually a Wall Street Journal report that came out where they actually estimated some some eggheads uh, estimated how much damage had been done to the city, to Metropolis, 
from their battle, they actually came up and they're like, yeah, it was over like 2.7 trillion or something like that. So, I mean, people were very, very invested in this movie. They took it way mm-hmm. too seriously. Yeah. And, um, and Warner Brothers had to like majorly backpedal on everything they did. That's why all the fights oh. are in like the middle of nowhere. That's why there's mm-hmm. no people anywhere because they are terrified of the actual real public. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes so much sense, and that's that's something that we that we don't see. I mean, that's something we see in um, in the Marvel, the DC TV shows. There's a lot of people, like there's public everywhere, and the superheroes are literally saving their lives by um, interfering with the the assailants or whoever the bad guy is. Hmm. That's really really interesting. Hmm. I'll have to go back and look at it. You know, the extended version of Batman versus Superman, because in, in that one, you, there was, you know, you saw, um, Bruce Wayne and Prince Diana, Prince Diana meet, and, you know, there was people and stuff like that. So there's some of that in, in that movie. But then towards the end, um, when Doomsday arrives, and it's, it's just, so totally different they go on a different island or something. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they and they, they even mention I think at some point where it's like uh oh, you know, thank goodness we've got the uh, the whole island evacuated. They they actually make a point that, uh, that there's a script point mm-hmm. there where it actually says that so so that we know that there's no one on the island even though it's a movie. <laughs> but uh but yeah, um and then Marvel, you know, I mean you see this destruction, but it's not. I think. I think really the biggest difference is, is all mm-hmm. of the destruction is not displayed in such a dark and like uh, emotionless ma- manner. You know, because I mean, like when when Ultron was raising that city, you know, oh, yeah. I mean there were people falling off of that, people. but you know, mm-hmm. all of the all of the superheroes were trying to do whatever they could to save the people. So. Yeah, yeah, they were, and that's why they had to sign the accord. That's right, why they have exactly. to do the accord treaties and like, dude, you we gotta keep you guys uh yeah, okay. In check, yeah. But uh yeah, but yeah, super, so super I think cool. they played it a little bit different. But uh mm-hmm. but yeah, and actually in something which you may not have heard, which I found interesting, mm-hmm. I just found out today. Um yeah. Hugh Hugh Jackman and mm-hmm. uh um and uh gosh, Xavier. Gosh, what is his name? <laughs> Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Okay. Actually, okay, yeah. they were just awarded a Guinness World Record for no the way. longest role of a superhero in in movie history at 16 years and 222 days. How many years? 16 years. 16 years. Wow. So yeah, just well. just a hundred a hundred and forty days short of 17 full years as. Dude, that's that's insane, isn't it? I mean, um, X Men was something totally pulled me into, you know, and Wolverine was everybody's favorite character. But it was a it was a it was a well played Wolverine, but a totally off um, off storyline because I don't think it matched any of the Marvel comics because. You know, Fox was under 
uh, had taken over the entire of uh, X-Men series. But now that's back in the Marvel fold, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens and uh, what they actually do. Yeah, yeah, because that was the that was the thing. If I'm not mistaken, um, mm-hmm. Marvel had only signed over the rights to the TV and movie uh, mm-hmm. stuff, but the actual comic rights um, mm-hmm. were actually retained by Marvel. So that's why they couldn't use, like, the direct storylines of what happened. Mm-hmm. They could only kind of yeah. allude to stuff because of mm-hmm. the fact that if I'm – and, of course, it's been almost 17 years. But if I, memory yeah. serves, uh, that was why is that they actually um, did not have rights to the actual comics, just the, mm-hmm. the uh, movie and television rights. Got it. That's so cool, man. And And if you look at it, right, the – I mean – you see all these new movies that um, Hugh Jackman's in, like he was in uh, The Greatest Showman. Man, that mo- that movie was friggin' awesome. Um, I still, you know, anytime the song comes on, I I sing along. It's they're so good, and my kids they love they love the song too. And um, you see you see Hugh Jackman playing that role, like oh my god, he could any at any point turn into. It turn into Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, and he's done so many great movies. Um, and yeah. it's really a shame that he can't be Wolverine anymore because he said yeah. um, he said that he uh, is uh, unable to like stay up with the fit- fitness regimen of it because mm-hmm. he actually has uh, skin cancer. Wait, wait, who? He has cancer. Skin cancer, or he had skin oh, cancer. Skin. Yeah. He had skin cancer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he couldn't do the workout routines to keep his body looking like that because he was dealing with cancer. Yeah. And uh, okay. yeah. That's. And I mean, they they really couldn't cool. have done it any differently. I think. No, I, there Logan isn't. is by far one of my favorite movies. Uh, yeah, Super Logan movie. was really good. Really good. Um, wow. So, so to beat the. Superhero record was it just Wolverine career or did the the thing mentions just superhero longest career uh, as a live action Marvel superhero? Yes, and surprise yeah. presentation. Oh, nice. Yeah, so the next person up, I think, could be Iron Man if he sticks to that role for another seven years. He could totally <laughs> get the the record. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean he. I mean, you know, when I when I first heard years mm-hmm. ago, you know, when when uh, when Robert Downey Jr. got um, you know picked to be Iron Man, mm-hmm. I thought, well, this is perfect because mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot about comics because when I was coming up in comics, it was when yeah. they got really super popular, and a comic book would cost you like twenty or thirty dollars. Oh um, my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was when they got. I mean, because I remember my friend had. Um, the death and uh, the death of Superman, and his mm-hmm. mom bought it for him. And then when she found out how much it was going for online, she was like, "You're not allowed to read it. I'm going to go buy you another one because it was like worth like I think within a couple of weeks it was worth like nearly thirty thousand um, wow. dollars." When I when I actually started getting into comics was when they just got astronomically expensive. Um, but 
you know, I knew a little bit about Iron Man because my dad read those comics when he was a kid. And I was like, oh, that's mm. perfect for Robert Downey Jr. because he's kind of a, you know, he's an alcoholic. He's kind of a mess. He's he's very yeah, uh, very popular. He's very uh, well known. So I mean, that's that's Tony Stark right there. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And he was he was going through those issues for sure. And um, <laughs> there's actually a interview. An interviewer asked him, like he Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was um, promoting his movies. And he was being interviewed by this interviewer, uh, and uh, he, you know, he went into those personal questions. And he's like, "Why are you asking these questions?" And he basically just walked off the set. He's like, "I'm not, I'm not doing this. Thank you so much, but I'm not having this interview." Um, yeah. It's really just really interesting. I mean, he's he's there to talk about the movie, not his personal life. This is this is a very you know, um, so the balls on that guy, <laughs> um, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and then of course, I mean, all of the characters that they've really introduced in the Marvel universe have just been really interesting, you know, and great picks. I feel like everybody's been a good fit for the role they were put in. Um, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, him as, as Doctor Strange, I don't think they could have got a better person to play Doctor no, Strange. He almost no, looks like the comic uh, drawing mm-hmm. of himself. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the, the character choices they made for the Guardians of the Galaxy, because there were a lot yeah. of actual Guardians. So mm-hmm. they picked, you know, a, I think a good, good group of the actual characters, because Star-Lord wasn't even in the original Guardians of the Galaxy. He didn't come oh, in really? much later. Yeah. That's yeah, so the cool. original cast had a several different people. I think maybe Gamora and Drax, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, were the only two that were actually in the original Guardians of the Galaxy. And Groot, he actually, I want to say he was, he had his own comics like back in the, maybe the 50s mm. or 60s. He was like just this random character. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. You know, a uh, really cool movie that we we recently watched was um, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I don't know if you've seen the movie. I have. have you? All right. So the movie was so cool because they like literally created internet in 3D in like virtual like what it would what it would actually be if you were to go inside the internet and you can see like Facebook and Twitter and and all these um different companies represented in there and Snapchat and um like how 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 people take those quizzes and like which princess you would be or who which princess would be you know your favorite character or something and um they had the question answer session with Groot and he baby Groot is sitting there and people are just asking him questions and he's like I am Groot I am Groot <laughs> See, that was hilarious <laughs> like a lot of the things on the movie was really really cool nicely done I mean Disney's just taking it a whole new level and then um, the scene where Glitch is trying to get away from the stormtroopers that's like directly out of the first movie, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, 
Right. <laughs> I saw a lot of cigarettes. I was like just cracking up. And my son was like, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Like, dude, you have no idea how many things they put together in here. It's, it was so cool. Yeah, and that, Stanley, that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Stanley was there. You know, there's you could see um, there's like a glimpse of Stanley and um, uh, Iron Man in there as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, yeah, that was the stormtrooper scene was probably one of my favorites. That and when she uh, met all the Disney princesses, because I thought oh, it yeah. was just so hilarious how they were just kind of making fun of themselves. Um, yes, they were. <laughs> which, you know, I know that's super sci-fi and masculine of me to say, but that was actually a really funny scene because it was like, you know, oh, you know, they're they're all just like Disney's literally making fun of all of their most lucrative characters that they had up yep. until they bought Marvel and and, and Lucas. Uh, yeah, exactly. And they have to, right? Because people are realizing that people realize that how. Uh, negative, negatively impacting it was or whatever, and and then they do this princess movie. Essentially, that's that's what this is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's basically uh, um, turns her into a Disney princess, basically. So exactly. Um, so yeah. <laughs> and and wow. um, I mean that's that's just cool. I mean I I, I really. I know a lot of people don't like Disney because they're kind of taking everything over, but really mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, it it's happening kind of everywhere in business. It is. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Apple actually holds a pretty large chunk of Disney. So technically, if you want yes. to look at it from a stand, from that standpoint, uh, mm-hmm. Apple owns roughly 51% of Disney uh, in a deal they made to let Disney have Pixar. So um, Steve Jobs was very shrewd in his dealings on that, and uh, so really, yep. it's not Disney; it's Apple. But you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so then the way Apple's got us, man, it's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, cool, man. So, what are some of the things? What What are some of the other things that you're working on, man? Uh, actually, I just started. Well, I mean, as you know, because uh, you had pre-ordered mm-hmm. the book, I just released my my science fiction novel, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm super excited about that. And yeah. uh, I've actually got a book signing in a couple weeks, uh, which I think you may have seen the notification on Facebook. So I'm mm-hmm. sorry about that. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then I just started the second chapter of a new science fiction novel, uh, which is called Beyond the Wall, which has nice. nothing to do with Mexico. Um, it just happens mm-hmm. to be that's what the title <laughs> came up as. Um, yeah. Because when I was coming up with the story idea, when it was coming to me, um, you know, I thought of like Judge Dredd, you know, where the, mm-hmm. the mega cities and these giant thick walls, you know, and the yeah. people living outside the walls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this, uh, this people that live out beyond the walls, uh, actually mm-hmm. come to the city and they, um, they are looking, they go to the local police precinct to request a detective to come out because there's these unusual happenings. And mm-hmm. so this is about the, this kind of like hard boiled city detective coming out to, you know, the country. Uh, so to speak, yeah. and and trying to help uh, these these local cops uh, solve these these crimes that are happening that they have no explanation for, and 
to be honest, spoiler alert, I have no idea what any of the crimes are going to be. I haven't written any of them yet. I haven't, I haven't, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know what's going to happen to any of these people. I don't even mm-hmm. know, you know, how, how the actual, like, crimes are being committed or if it's going to be a human sure. or an alien or anything. It's just, I yeah. just started with this detective story and started writing it. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, let's keep going. <laughs> so, nice. So, That's yeah. awesome, man. That's really cool. Um. Hmm. Well, what else do we have in the movie industry? The um, upcoming movies. So we have the Marvel Captain Marvel. We talked about it, and then uh, we have uh, the Avengers Endgame movie. I'm super. Um, my my friend keeps telling me that I can't wait for the movie to come out because I'm tired of all these spoiler alerts that people. <laughs> are posting, and uh, there's, like, all these different things uh, people are posting little by little, and he's like, I just don't want, I don't want to see any of that, I just want to go see the movie. I'm like, yeah, man, um, it's going to be pretty, pretty interesting for sure, and uh, we're all uh, trying to figure out, okay, who's going to save, who's going to save Tony Stark, because he's stuck in space, there's very little oxygen left, there's no food, there's no water, there's nothing to live by on, and I'm I'm guessing that um, Nebula is there on the ship with him. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, you know, I know. Uh, you know, I'm trying to avoid as much of it as I can. The the news yeah. and stuff, just simply because of the uh, the fact that the movie comes out in the, just a couple months anyway. I mean, I think it's like yeah. March it's for Captain months. Marvel and April for for uh, the Avengers. But mm. um, I know, um, you know, they get they get um, Ant Man comes in and tries to help them, which makes sense because if I'm not mistaken, from what I do know about the comics and the Infinity mm-hmm. War comics in particular, yeah. uh, Gamora when she's uh, when she is thrown over ends up. You know, when he sees her, he's actually in the uh, the uh, quantum realm. That's where the stone puts her. So mm. um, my thoughts would be is that Ant-Man actually goes there and helps get the people out. But I don't know. They could totally turn it on its on a dime and make it something completely different because uh, Disney and Marvel yeah, could, tend to do that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's really that's a really interesting. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that I've been reading, and I was like, okay, this is. Um, let me just hang on till the movie comes out and uh, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and of course, we obviously know Spider-Man comes out because you had mentioned about mm-hmm. how Sony was overly excited about Spider-Man uh, because yeah. you know, well, they've already announced and done the trailer for the new Spider-Man movie, which was probably in effect to yeah. help keep. Um, help keep him from spoiling anything. I mean, even though we yeah. knew the characters were coming back because it's the end game and Doctor Strange yeah. said this was the only way to make it work. So, mm-hmm. uh, which would have been to destroy the, the, the glove and yeah. so that Thanos could use it again. Um, but I know, uh, uh, you know, Tom Holland actually had to have people, uh, other characters from the movie with him on every single uh, interview to stop him because he was actually giving away spoilers <laughs> to the movie. So they were like, "Yeah, we're basically just here to like cut, put our hand over his mouth if he starts to say something." <laughs> like, no, um, don't do it. Yeah, 
Yeah, so he had, he had chaperones to most of his interviews, uh, which I found hilarious. Um, yeah. He is such the the character that he plays in the movie. I feel like that's exactly mm. how he is in real life, too. He seems to yeah. be very excitable. And, that's so funny. And uh, posts everything on social media. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. And um, I think the, one of the cool things that we've been talking about, I totally forgot. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I forgot something. I was going to mention something about Spider-Man or something. Um, Jake Linehall is playing that character in the Spider-Man movie. Yes, Mysterio, and I was looking some of the looking at some of the comics, and we didn't really see his face as Mysterio, right? Or he had a little. Um, yeah, he had like this domed helmet. Dome uh, helmet, yeah. Thing, yeah, yeah, like a crystal ball. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. very much like a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, I, it's kind of interesting to see how they're showing his face. But I guess, I mean, I would think like because Mysterio kind of an odd-looking character and mm-hmm. not really a major character either. I mean, he was in plenty of the comics, but, uh, yeah. you know, he, um, but not so much where I'd think, like, oh, okay, well, this is a normal villain for Spider-Man to fight. But, of course, mm-hmm. I was also talking to my friend about how I'm glad that they're not picking the typical villains because, I mean, how many times can you see you know, mm-hmm. Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, you know, these same things, yeah, Sandman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even though Doc Ock is a very awesome character and in the uh, the Spider-Man, the animated, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the the one that just came out, uh, yeah. you know, the Doc Ock in there was played really awesome. So I think that would be a cool version of the character to see, but just still to see different villains we've never seen before in a, in a cinematic yeah. universe. Yeah, that's kind of nice. cool. Oh, that is really cool. All right, so let's switch on topic about uh, something that I recently uh, learned. Since we're both podcasters, we we want to know some data of what's going on with the world. And people have been talking about how uh, there's a total of 600,000 podcasts in the world, of which 30% of which were just started last year, 2018. 2018 was the year when they started podcasts, like 200,000 new podcasts were created. And it's really interesting uh, to see, and I was uh, alluded to this research document that, I've, uh, that I'm looking at, Edison Research, and they've been doing this uh, research around digital media, around um, social media, digital audio, mobile, smart smart speakers, as well as podcast consumptions, consumption. And they've been doing this since 1998. So 20 years of data that they've calculated. And you can see there's like 66 pages of research documentation. And you can see all the way back to 2000 to 2018 of how how many people are listening to audio, how many people are using social media, where the trend is moving to, and it's really cool and uh, just something to look at when you're um, when you have the chance. When you have the chance. Like the online audio listening in car has gone up by four percent from forty percent to forty four percent in twenty eighteen. And the largest rise was 
between 2014 and 2015 from 26 to 35 percent. So it's been on the rise, and that's thanks to the MP3 music, the music from our phones, music uh, over the air, I guess, radio, and and probably a lot more people getting on the road too. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, car ownership is is going up. Uh, traffic mm-hmm. is getting worse in most cities. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, you know, people spend a lot more time in their cars because they have to. They can't afford to live close to where they work anymore. We're becoming such a mm-hmm. migrant society. Um, yeah. I, mean, I live fairly close, comparatively mm-hmm. speaking, to some of my colleagues, but I'm still 18 mm-hmm. miles away, so I spend anywhere from. 20 minutes on a really good day to mm. two hours on a bad day in my car. Wow. Cool. Um, and of course, cool. I really don't like um, commercials, so I don't like listening mm-hmm. to the radio. So a lot of times I'd listen to MP3. Yeah. And I would, I really want something else. And I was like, well, I'd love to be able to read a book. If I had a self driving mm-hmm. car, that'd be handy. So I turned to audiobooks. Right. Yeah. And I read hundreds of audiobooks and then I was like mm-hmm. you know my wife started actually getting into podcasting before me and so I started listening to podcasts yeah. because of her yeah and uh and yeah I mean it's it's amazing you can listen to just about any type of anything you want in a podcast there's just about every kind of subject under the mm-hmm. sun so I think yeah. that's really why they're really growing so much is people are like wow I could listen to somebody actually talk about something I care about instead of listening to whatever exactly. the, the radio DJ yeah. is talking about yeah because a lot of times my wife would be listening to the radio you know talk radio mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't care what these guys are talking about I, yeah, I'd I much rather I'd much rather you know you know like walk outside of the car and, <laughs> and sit in here and listen to this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's crazy Cool, man. Well, well, what else you got? Because um, I don't know how long you uh, keep these things. I've got to oh, yeah. uh, tend to the familia. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, I think we've covered a lot of really good stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah, so absolutely. I, um, you know, I mean, so as far as uh, if you want to give like another plug on like your show or, uh, you know, where sure. people can reach out to you if they want to find out more about the show and, and we can, uh, Absolutely. go from there. Sure. Um, so the, my podcast, Hacks and Hobbies, can be found at hacksandhobbies.com. Spelled like it's, spelled like it's spelled, right? Um, and you can also find um, Hacks and Hobbies on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, wherever you frequent um, with your social media activities. And uh, I'm sure David will add these links to the show notes as well. Oh, yeah. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Thank you, All mate. Right, this was friend. really fun. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, I was glad to have you on the show. So, because, uh, you know, I, I was like, you know, we had an interesting conversation on your show. So, by the way, if you mm-hmm. want to hear more about what we've talked about, check out uh, my interview on his show. So. <laughs> yeah, check out uh, check out that episode. It was a lot of fun, and we had uh, a lot of cool, cool things to talk about. Awesome, Absolutely. man. Very cool. Well, thank you again, and uh, have a great day. You too.
Thanks, David. Hey, don't forget to check out David's website, carthoughtswithdavid.com. That's carthoughtswithdavid.com. And as always, Carthoughts out. Hey, everybody. David here. Do you guys like science fiction? If so, I just released a novel. It's called Hurtling Toward a Home, A Story of Hope. It's set many hundreds of years in the future when Earth just couldn't support us anymore. We thought we had more time. We didn't take it seriously. We didn't listen to what was being said. And now we have to suddenly build ships and figure out a place to go, but where? So we decide to just go everywhere, to just send ships off in every direction that any scientist has ever said could potentially support human life to give us the best chance of survival. We're going to try every planet. So we built ships and loaded supplies and robots on them and shipped them ahead to try and prepare and test the planets uh, to make sure that they were suitable as we were building our fleet to leave for our great exodus from Earth. This particular story follows one ship, the Hope, and one young man, Jonathan, as he's always dreamed of living this life of adventure from what he's seen from old Earth movies and read in novels and he longs for that type of, of an adventure he longs to set foot on a planet and yet he is not but after his 16th birthday he gets sent off on a secret mission and an adventure that he never thought he would ever be able to live I am so excited to share this journey with you guys and I thank you guys for checking it out. Again, Hurtling Towards a Home, a Story of Hope by David Calvert.